0: a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings students and welcome again to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host,
1: The Professor Travel, coming to you live again from Orange County, California. This is the site the vlog, the podcast that you go to in order to learn more about different destinations. This is where you go to in order to discuss as a community these different places. We hope it inspires you to travel more. And ultimately, we hope you enjoy life more as part of this process. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different platforms. Of course, my primary being my website, which is at travel.com. You can also reach me through either YouTube or Facebook at The Professor Travel. I'm now available on TikTok. For those of you who have that, um, on TikTok, I can be found at The Professor Travel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me at uh, on Instagram at the underscore professor underscore travel on Twitter if you want to follow me there, I'm at the Professor TR1. and then of course if you're a blogger and you like to write, you can see, you can see me on blogspot at the Travel.blogspot.com. Today I am very thrilled to welcome one of my friends and colleagues from my work. Our visiting professor today is Justin Howard. Please say hello to everybody, Justin hello everyone <laughs> thanks for doing this for us i really appreciate it sir um so for those who are not familiar with you can you maybe give us a little bit of background about your educational background and maybe some of the places that you traveled to
2: yes uh grew up in uh, riverside california um uh, did a lot of education i went and did my undergrad studies at uc santa barbara um Then, directly after Santa Barbara, I went to UCLA and did a master's in education program. Uh, I taught, after I got my master's, I taught for five years, sixth grade in South LA, and then I went to school and got my Juris Doctorate from the University of Southern California, USC. Um, I'm currently now the Director of Student Conduct and Compliance for Bradman University based in Irvine, California. Um, and yeah, I, I do like to travel. Um, I've traveled uh, internationally, I guess. If we're we're talking about international yeah. travels, to Jamaica, Mexico, Canada. Um, the specifics, I guess, Montego Bay of Jamaica, In Mexico. I've traveled quite a bit: Puerto Vallarta, Cabo, Tijuana, um, Canada as well. I've been to um, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Quebec. Done a little bit of Europe, Prague, Paris, um, um, the Netherlands. Um, um, And uh, I've been to Turkey. I've been to Egypt and I've been to Dubai.
1: Nice. And for purposes of this vlog and podcast, we're talking about another trip that you went on, which is Japan, right?
2: Japan. Yes, yes, yes. Recently went to Japan in November of 2019.
1: Fantastic. So what kind of sparked you wanting to go on this trip to Japan? Um, well,
2: we heard about Japan, my wife and I, uh, I guess I should say who I traveled with. It was a group of my wife, me, our daughter, who was three at the time, um, my in-laws and my wife's cousin. So It was a group of six of us. And um, we kind of like using the November time, the Thanksgiving break, Okay. uh, for those that have a break, uh, to travel. So that's in 2018, that was when we decided to go to Prague. And so we were talking about where we wanted to go for 2019. And my wife, uh, a lot of her close friends have been visiting Japan, um, had been to Japan or even traveled during 2019. And a lot of them were coming back and saying that was their favorite place. And, uh, God rest my best friend, soul, who who recently passed. Uh, He was planning to go to Japan with his uh, partner um, late in 2019. And so just, and he had been telling us about how his sister was traveling there um, with one of the artists that she manages and just how much she loved it and how much fun they had every time they went. So we kind of just, decided and also my wife's brother had been twice and he was saying it was one of his favorite cities uh or f- favorite countries to go to so it ended up sparking it up for us and then we actually ended up traveling two weeks after my best friend got back which ended up great for us because we got to pick his brain a little bit um before we went <laughs> on our play, by
1: play yeah
2: yeah exactly exactly
1: <laughs> you know i've never been to japan yet and i think you know listening to you other people who have gone there it really helps to inspire me to do a lot more traveling. And I'm hoping that over the next probably two years, I'm going to be hitting the Asian market. I've only ever been to Thailand, but I haven't been to Japan yet. And you and a couple of other members of um, the visiting professorhood who, <laughs> who, who I have on this, on this vlog and podcast, they kind of inspire me too in order to be able to do this. Cause it sounds like it's an amazing place to go visit.
2: It is, it is. It was, it was, more exceeded my expectations so yeah i'm I'm happy to share
1: about it awesome well let's talk to talk about what that planning process looked like because i imagine it's not something that you just on a weekend whim to say hey let's all go to japan um like how how you're saying okay from what i heard from you a little while ago you were saying that it's kind of one of these things you kind of plan ahead for this november trip that you guys do every single year uh, the previous year it was Prague, and now it sounded like you were going to kind of explore Japan based on the recommendations of your friend. Is that is that kind of where I was at on that?
2: That's correct. Yeah, last year we were very fortunate to travel a bit. We it was probably about a four month process. We had gone to um, Egypt and Dubai um, in. the end of May and June. And then once we had returned from there, that's when we started planning with my in-laws and my wife's cousin on where we wanted to go in November. So yeah, it was probably some between June and up into the time of the trip, November, that we were planning for it.
1: Okay, cool. And in preparation for this, were there any type of visas that you needed to get or special travel medications? Or did you have to do something a little bit different with your diet in order to prepare for something like this?
2: No, no, this was one, you know, fortunately didn't take, there was no, yeah, there was no visas you needed, no medications, anything that you needed to take or shots, you had vaccines, anything like that you had to take. There was just uh, some of the other things I'll share, pre-prep things that you want to be prepared, the j Rail being one of them Hmm. Um, in particular. um, If you're planning to use that to travel around, you do have to get your tickets ahead of time and, um they mail them out to you before you get there. But no, no visas, no uh, travel medications required.
1: Okay. How long in advance would you recommend getting the J rail ticket for, um, Maybe six months ahead of time or three months ahead of time. Like how uh,
2: I think it takes three weeks to come to the States. That's how I am based out of Los Angeles, California. And so we I think we ordered our J Rail tickets. And J Rails are the ticket the, the train tickets that can get you around from uh, different city to city within Japan. If you want to travel, most people will come. For Tokyo, but if you want to travel to different cities, uh, JR is one of one of the routes you can take. It's probably the most popular route. So I would say at least looking into it probably a couple months in advance, and then okay. trying to go ahead and book your tickets at least a month, a month and a half out, just just for peace of mind.
1: Okay, perfect. So let's start about the, let's actually talk about the prepacking packing process. Now, so how long are you and the family going to stay in Japan for? We stayed in Japan for ten days. 10 days. Okay. So when you're traveling there, what are some things that you're going to be packing for that kind of a visit?
2: So we went again in November. And so uh, it was winter time. It was cold. Um, I try to be very conscious of my packing. I don't want to be carrying a whole bunch of stuff uh, just logistically. Um, But you are packing for, for our packing. I knew I had to kind of pack layers and I was going to be packing. You want to have comfortable shoes uh, my best friend did tell me about that. He said, definitely make sure you do do a lot of walking while you're there. And so uh, definitely packing comfortable shoes, but also I had a pair of boots for preparing for the rain and the weather. Um, I actually, my wife was a little disappointed. I only packed one big jacket, so a lot of my pictures, I was in the same jacket. <laughs> Unfortunately, again, I don't like packing a lot, so uh, it just depends on who you are and what, what the purpose is. So, um, yeah, I've had one big jacket, a lot of sweaters, a lot of uh, more just layered uh, items. Um, you can buy an umbrella for pretty cheap out there, and actually, right now... Um, we had come in with the expectation of Japan being super expensive, but that wasn't our reality, at least while we were out oh. there. We didn't feel that way. Um, and so, yeah, you can, I, we were like, oh, should we bring an umbrella? And I think we brought an umbrella for our daughter, but we ended up buying our own. And they were like $3 everywhere you went, $4, oh. $4 everywhere you That's went. That's not bad so, at home. Yeah. And I uh, think I kind of packed over maybe a steady time of two weeks just mm-hmm. okay, cool. slowly getting things together.
1: Excellent. Now, and and by the way, I'm kind of the same way you are. I am a light packer. I don't tend to like want to bring a huge amount of stuff. Like I'm okay with a week, maybe bringing a couple pairs of jeans, maybe another, maybe a nice pair of slacks, um, a bunch of t-shirts, maybe, you know, just make it totally simple and easy for me. My husband, on the other hand, he will pack For every possible contingency. And I, I, I can't quite digest that, but it's like my wife's counterpart. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) It's just one of those things. It's like you're either that person who plans for absolutely everything. Or I guess from my perspective, it's kind of like when I get there, I feel like I'll be able to purchase certain things like certain toiletries or certain um, you know, maybe a scarf or something like that. It, like you said, umbrellas, it's to me, it's not that big of a deal, but I guess, you know, to someone, they, they really want to make sure that everything's in order before they. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just preference. That's all.
1: I agree. Yeah. Okay. And cool. So I'm assuming you left out of LAX, is that correct?
2: Yeah. I am based in Los Angeles. So yes, we We
1: we flew out of LAX. Perfect. And as part of that flight, well, first of all, how long was this flight going to be anyways? Do you know? I want to say,
2: I think it was 11 hours going there and nine and a half coming back.
1: Okay, cool. Did you guys do kind of that arc, like around Alaska kind of thing, or?
2: I don't know. I mean, I wish I, was, <laughs> I I'm careful with geography, to be perfectly <laughs> That's honest, so okay. I didn't tell you. I'm not sure. I just know, I, I was told that uh, I, that it was going to be faster on the way back, and then somebody explained to me, I guess it's the, I don't know, the wind current or something is what may- allows you to get there faster
1: when you come back so yeah. uh, that was all i was aware of nope that's totally cool all right cool um so as far as the parking situation at lax did you yes 10 days is a fairly long time did you guys just have relatives drop you off or did you actually park there
2: we did a super shuttle okay um we did a super shuttle we were able to find a company that uh had a um that was able to pick us up and bring a car seat for us since we did have a, a child with us. And they picked us up about, I think, our uh, 6 in the morning. I think our flight was 10.30 um, in the morning. Picked us up like 6 in the morning. And then um, it was bad. It was really smooth going. Coming back was really, really tough. Um, just, uh, I think, again, it was that Sunday that everybody uh, – coming back from Thanksgiving break, so uh, it was just a bad day, and it was really a lot of traffic at the airport that day, but uh, we did have the same service come and pick us up, Um, so that was smooth in terms of just having somebody to be able to do it, not having to hustle and bustle for Uber, but it just, when we returned, it took a while, our our car didn't get there, Yeah, Uh, I waited about 45 minutes for the car.
1: I think that's kind of the, the trade-off. I mean, well, obviously like a super shuttle or even an Uber or a taxi, they're pretty quick, but they can be, yeah. well, let me phrase that. The, the taxi or Uber can be fairly fast. The shuttle is, the, is probably the least expensive way of doing this, but at the same time, like I've done, a, I've done one of the super shuttle things before too, and it took them an hour to pick us up from the airport. Another hour to be able to get us to home so I mean, it was like a two-hour thing. That whole way of doing it, and and so from my money, when I get home, especially traveling long distances, I just want to get home, hit my bed. So I'll pay a little bit of extra money in order to be able to do that. But again, that's just me. So mm-hmm. I, I guess everybody's just different. We style.
2: discussed that, yeah. We were we discussed and kind of we had it. That was coming back was more of a backup. We were hoping possibly. Uh, one of our friends would be available. My wife's best friend, we were hoping was going to be available to pick us up, but unfortunately she wasn't. So yeah, yeah that was the backup plan, but we, <laughs> I feel exactly like you. When you come back from a trip, that is the trade-off, you know, you <laughs> yeah. might save some money, but you're also going to, it's not going to be the most efficient way for you to get home quickly when you return back from your trip.
1: I'm going to have to talk to you, by the way, about Dubai, because I'm going to be doing that potentially in December. So we'll talk more about that yeah. as we go on that. So, <clears throat> okay. So, when we spoke earlier, you said you f- were flying out on Lufthansa. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, and did you also take them back? Was it the same flight? Yeah, back? same airlines coming okay. back. So, did you have coach seating? Did you upgrade? How did that work? No, we
2: had we 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 did coach seating, and um, it worked out fine. It was pretty, from what I recall, it was a uh, pretty smooth. I felt pretty comfortable. Luckily, I think on the way there. My daughter slept a majority of the time. (laughs) That was great. Yeah, she slept like half, I think about half the time heading there. So that was great. Um, Yeah, we felt pretty comfortable. It wasn't an overly packed flight going there. I think we were a little more packed coming back. But um, yeah, so we left again. We did 10 days. So we came back the weekend after the Thanksgiving break, but we left before the Thanksgiving break. So probably that's why it wasn't as packed heading there. But we had a full flight coming back, but it was smooth and uh, both direct flights.
1: Okay, perfect. And two things I know people always ask about when they fly on these flights, especially ones that they're not normally accustomed to, because Lufthansa isn't your typical American Airlines or United Airlines. How was the service and were there any concerns with the food on board? No,
2: everything that I, that I remember was great. Service was good. Um, seating was comfortable. Uh, food was good. Yeah, everything was no, no problems at all. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any, any negative experiences on the flight. Excellent.
1: And which airport did you fly into? Because I know Japan has a couple of them.
2: We flew into Narita. in uh, the, it's NRT is what there is, the initials are, the acronym is for it, the Narita Airport. And then it takes about, I think about 45 or so minutes to, from there to get to Tokyo.
0: Okay, cool,
1: and so um, so because you did a direct flight there, you didn't have any pre-vacation destinations. You didn't go somewhere else. So no, no, we were just we were straight there and straight back. And so, are you primarily going to be focused in Tokyo for the majority of your stay there? We we traveled to yeah we the
2: majority five no I think it was six days we were in Tokyo four days we did. Uh, Kyoto, Osaka, Nara. We only did Osaka for a day trip while we were out in Kyoto. We stayed in Kyoto four days, three nights. Um, And then while we were there, we also traveled to Nara just for a day trip.
1: Okay. So let's break this down just a little bit. But before we break it down into what you did at these different destinations, according to your itinerary, um, did you have hotels at each location or were you doing like Airbnb or timeshares? How did that work out for you?
2: We were considering Airbnb or different forms, but we just ended up, I think for us, it was, uh, especially having our daughter it was just about having like comfort and having service, you know, being provided with service to us. So we ended up doing hotels in, the, in each city that we were in before Tokyo and for Kyoto, um, yeah, and it worked out. I mean, just a breakdown of the trip is we were in we got into Tokyo. We were there two nights, then we traveled to Kyoto for the three nights and then we came back and concluded back in Tokyo.
1: Okay. And were the hotels nice? I mean, like what do you, like what was the quality of the hotels?
2: We enjoyed the whole I wish I had the names if I had them and if I could pull them up, I'd okay. have the names, but we enjoyed them. They they were they were good hotels. Um the first hotel I think um was was interesting because uh, you come in, it's a uh, like a lounge area for you and then it's one room in the back and it was essentially six single beds so we were all in one long room together where all six of us, my in-laws, my, my wife's cousin, my wife, myself and my daughter which she loved because it was like basically six beds squished together in one room so she was just running zoom, zoom, zoom across each bed <laughs> and went off the beds and then you know she got to oh, I want to sleep next to my grandma. So she would be able to sleep next to her grandma oh. we were all there together. So that was pretty cool. In Kyoto, we had two um, hotel rooms next to each other. So, and I really liked it. And I always liked the low seating. So we had like a little area where it was like, actual like a kitchen area and you had the low seats where you sat on your knees or you would be on your knees if you were uh, at the table and then it had a bedroom and then we were directly connected just through a doorstop or through one door to our in-laws and my wife's cousin so um, my daughter could steal and we could go back and forth through the rooms when the door was open but then we also had our own private space when we closed the door Um, so we enjoyed that and then when we came back To Tokyo was more of your traditional hotel, just a just a regular hotel room, just a bed, a TV. And we weren't connected there. We were in on the same floor, but two different. um, We were across the way from each other.
1: Do you remember how you booked them? Was it like through a travel site where you like booked a maybe like a package deal or did you do everything kind of a la carte? How did you guys?
2: I think we did everything a la carte, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, my wife. Is the planner. She planned the majority of this trip. So in terms of the details, yeah, she would have to tell you, but I'm pretty sure we booked them a la because she was sending emails to me and the whole group as she was making decisions on where we wanted to stay. And I know that was one that she was kind of like, hey, look into these. I'm about to book. And so um, she, I think she was just doing them all, each one. And she was reading reviews or looking at different uh, sites to see who what individuals were saying about the, the hotel she was interested in, that's when she would uh, kind of decide which ones she was narrowing it down to.
1: Yeah, and actually a uh, special shout out to um, a lot of my students. They've given me a lot of different advice on the way in which they book, um, but it really does depend on the individual. Sometimes you can get really good deals if you go directly to the source, other times I've heard people do vacation packages and they're able to drop the prices that way. Some people get mm-hmm. emails sent to them as well where they're able to get special deals if they jump on it. But usually you have to have a little bit more flexibility if you do something like that. So I guess it just mm-hmm. depends on how you like to book and and if you have the time available from work too. That's another thing to consider. So, yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about the itinerary. Okay, walk us through some of the things that you did with each of these cities. And that way, my listeners can, um, and the students can, can maybe get a little bit of a glimpse into what you guys did. And by the way, for the students, there's a special sneak preview here. Uh, we have coming up in the next slide, we actually have a couple pictures of some of the things that Justin saw when he went out there. So we'll share that with you in just a minute.
2: Definitely. Um, so just, just thinking back, not necessarily whether it's the beginning or the end is that we definitely, uh, we wanted to go to the digital arts museum. That was one big one, especially traveling with our daughter, but whether you're just an adult or with kids, it's a great place to check out. That's in Tokyo. Um, and it's essentially a large, large warehouse with multiple rooms of just different, uh, forms of art and digital art and, um, just amazing. One room is just like all chandeliers coming down from the ceiling. Another room where it's um, like these trees you can climb on. They had like this slide where all these images uh, were on the slide for the kids or for adults to use. So that was probably one of the more memorable places we went. Uh, We also went to Disneyland Tokyo. That was great. We're annual pass holders out here in California. Um, So we really, my daughter was already fully like locked into Disney and Disney princesses. And um, she's really into Ariel from little mermaid and they have an Ariel land at the one. Oh, in no. Tugel, so she was, yeah. She was obsessed with that. <laughs> um, so that was really, really cool. Oh,
1: uh, can, I, can I ask you a question about that really quick? With respect to especially Disneyland, where you know you're expecting an international crowd, were things done in both English and Japanese, or was there was everything done in Japanese? Like how how did it come about in there?
2: That's a great question. Yeah, it was everything was pretty much done when you went on a ride or you got instructions. Everything was in uh, Japanese and English. Those were the two predominant. Uh, uh languages that I heard over the intercom for rights that we went on is usually the directions were given or
1: instructions were given in Japanese first and then in English. Excellent. Okay, cool. So, it sounds like you had a really fun time starting off your trip over the next over that six day period. Um, but gosh, it,
2: yeah, we did Shibuya crossing. Of course, you have to go there. You have to see all the this the busyness of that that crossing. I think I was told something like too many people cross there a day or something like something crazy and for, like that.
1: And for my students who are not familiar with what Shibuya crossing is, it's that one area that you'll see in a lot of movies and and, and where it's like. People are like, crossing the crosswalk, but they'll cross diagonally across the street. They'll cross on the sides. They'll cross like everybody moves at once. It's just a lot of movement. <laughs> and so. Absolutely. Um, and then we went and checked out for all those that uh,
2: remember the great movie Lost in Translation. We went to that uh, with uh, Bill Murray and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, we went to the, the New Yorker bar, which is like the bar that's pretty much featured uh, where they're Meeting a lot in there, and that is a beautiful scene. I think it's at, if I recall, the Hyatt, the one of the Hyatts in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you'll, if you look it up, you can find the New York bar in the Hyatt. Uh, definitely worth it. Beautiful scene, beautiful space. Uh, they had a live performer there while we were there singing, and just, uh, oh, the views from there are amazing. I mean, it is one of your, probably your top dollar expensive places to eat or to, uh, grab a cocktail, but definitely worth it.
1: Actually, speaking of food, I was going to ask you, what was the food like for you? Because, I mean, I know when you were, potentially, especially with little kids, sometimes they'd be very picky about food and stuff like that. But knowing that you're going to another country, knowing that they're going to probably have a lot of different things that are going on, um, did you guys stick with kind of the fare of what was being presented there in Japan? Did you guys go for some kind of Americans' food ideas and stuff like that? Or was it kind of a mix? What was your What was your... Take on that.
2: Great question. For my daughter, who's you know three, it was very much like we were looking for McDonald's, Subway. It's more American traditional food for her, even though she she loves rice. But um, and anywhere we would have rice or edamame, that was always good for her. But uh, yeah, that was what it was challenging for her. But then she's also she just loves like snacking, and there was always places you could find. Fruit and they, they There were a lot of like convenience stores, which was nice. There was always somewhere where we could go grab some snacks for her, or grab some fruit from her, which was very, which was very, uh, nice and convenient. But yeah, we, we, we enjoyed the food. I, I think for us, generally, I thought we were going to come in and try some knock us off our stock sushi. And I don't know if I found that. I thought all the sushi we tried was solid. And we probably had sushi at least. Half the time we were there, five days while we were there, which was solid, but nothing too crazy. The two places that were very, very memorable were probably the the, the houses we went to. One was a smaller one in Tokyo that we just randomly found. We were trying to go to another place, and they had like a two hour wait, and so we looked up another. Um, um, I wish I knew the exact name of what these are called. It wasn't like your traditional steakhouse or American steakhouse. It was more of like a four course or five course meal where, where everything is like small portions and it's spread out over a two hour period. Ooh, um, nice. but it, that's still probably in my <laughs> recollection, but top five meal I've ever had. Um, wow. And I wish I could shout out. Yeah. If, if, if I think about it, I'll I'll, 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 let you know, so you can shout it out on I mean, your next Japan one, which one, uh, what the name of the place is, but <laughs> it was really, really, really good. Um, Yeah. So we we, we tried to really embrace um, where we were. We also, in Kyoto, we went and uh, in the marketplace, they kind of have food that you can eat while you're walking through the marketplace. And they will just have a steamer. Like, say you wanted scallops, there'll be raw scallops. And then you just say, they'll say, oh, you want scallops? And then they'll just have this steamer or this like fire that they shoot it right there in front of you for, and that was a pretty cool experience to,
1: to try some of the foods in that place. You know, what? I was going to also ask you, what did you, what did you do for breakfasts over there? Breakfast also,
2: some of the, two of the hotels that we stayed at, they actually had breakfast for us every morning. You could come down and they had breakfast available. And that was just a mix of like your traditional continental breakfast. They'd have bagels, muffins, uh, cereal, um, okay. One of the ones we stayed in the last time in Tokyo, they would every morning they would have uh, miso soup, which was nice. It was because nice it was cold, so it was always nice to start off a morning with miso soup. So that, that they always had that available in Kyoto. What did we do for breakfast? I think we ended up buying because we did have a, a kitchen inside of that place, so we ended up buying some groceries and making eggs and making our own breakfast while we were staying there. You know, when I, Yeah, a, we didn't typically do – we typically didn't – that's a great question. We typically didn't go out for breakfast. It was more lunch and dinner that we actually ate out.
1: I want to ask you a question about Kyoto and specifically because you did some shopping. Normally, at least when I've traveled over to Europe, they're very – The very conscience of space over there. So usually like when you go and get milk, you're not getting a gallon of milk. You're getting maybe a smaller carton of milk. And then you're getting like smaller amounts of different items because the refrigerators, even over in some of the places I was over in Europe, are much smaller than your conventional Mm -hmm. refrigerators we have out here. What was your experience with that? Did it seem like you had like the full size stuff that you had in the States or was it much more convenient sized?
2: I'd say a little bit of both. You know, the convenience stores were a lot more smaller portions of, like, fruits or things you were getting, eggs, whatever. But they did, you know, if you did go to a larger, like, grocery store type things, then you would have your normal size and things that you would find at your Vons, Ralph's, things Here in the States. And so I would say it's a a combination of both. But in the place we stayed in Kyoto, we did have a full size. uh, And I know what you mean about the the, the mini space in Europe, but we did have a full size refrigerator and we were able to pack a lot of stuff into our into our fridge. So space wasn't an issue there.
1: So what did you do in Kyoto?
2: Kyoto so Kyoto was great it, it, you know just a little different not as much hustle and bustle as it was in in, in Tokyo uh, we, we visited the marketplace there um, one of the they had some beautiful beautiful uh, temples so one of the I think um, pictures you'll show I, I don't know the name of the temple but it was one of the the more famous temples in down, like down the downtown like uh, Kyoto area had a um, like this traditional uh, dinner where it was um it was almost like a Japanese style taco. It was all veggie. It's eggs, brussel or not brussel sprouts, um, green onions, onions, tomatoes, flapped uh, over in this like. It's not a tortilla, it's not your traditional tortilla. It kind of reminds me of almost like an Ethiopian uh, style tortilla nice. uh, wrapped over it, and it, it was excellent. We, we we went there, and then also we did a couple of day trips while we were in Kyoto. Um, so we went to Osaka for the day and kind of traveled to the main downtown Osaka where the big traditional mall is, and we did a boat trip while we were there, and then we also traveled to Nara, which is a place. Um, if you go, you're probably going more likely for to see the deer, and there's a, a big deer park there, and that's another picture you'll see where you kind of walk around, and there's trails, and there's a huge park of just deer that interact with 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 you, the humans, as if they were humans themselves, um, and that was great. Both of those were, were were great, and then we also went to the monkey park in Osaka, which was awesome, like that, and the the, the Nara, the deer park for my daughter, were probably two of the biggest memories for her, and so um, just know, if you're going to do the monkey park, be prepared for about a 20-minute hike, uh, so that was something we, <laughs> as I got there, I forgot about that, and then I was going to say, let's not do it, but we had gotten our daughter there, she was so excited, and she ended up being a trooper, she did really well, I had to carry her a little bit, but she probably walked three fourths of it and it was all worth it
1: and once we got to the top awesome very very good so it sounds yeah. like you had a really great time and then you had to go head back over to tokyo as well correct
2: correct yeah now with the back half is where we did um more of the shopping that's i think we also did uh disneyland one of the days and then while we were at disneyland we didn't go but i know my my in-laws and our cousin went to the fish market which i heard was and my best friend who had went, he said that was a, an attraction you definitely want to see if you just want to kind of see how that works. And fish I, for Japan, um, fish is a big, big – people eat fish a lot. People eat a lot of fish and veggies and uh, really good diets, to be honest. And so uh, that was a place where a lot of people go to get their, their, their fish for uh, con- consumption.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And how long were you back in – Tokyo for in, on the back end of this trip?
2: The back end,
1: uh, four nights. Four nights, okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you had a very, very packed 10 days of all the things. It did. you did,
2: that. It did. Well, it sounds- It was great, it was great. Yeah, just like I said, just be prepared to walk. Uh, transportation is pretty easy. Um, but there are different methods or different- uh, transportation uh, company, so you might think, oh, I'm getting an all-day pass, and then you might want to go to a place that 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 actual uh, company does not actually travel to that city, so Mm -hmm. kind of just communicate with people, and I know it's something we had not talked about yet, but just be prepared um, for, you know, if you're from the States and English is your primary language, then um, be prepared. There is a, uh, a Google Translation app that we use that was really good for us. Uh, be pre- prepared to explain things as you can using your hands or trying to use landmarks, if you remember. But uh, for the most part, people are very, very, very nice, try their best to try to uh, accommodate you and figure out what you're asking or what kind of request and how they can fulfill your request. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was overall an excellent
1: trip. Awesome. So now you're going to head on back to the States. Now, do you have any type of like either global entry or digital passport or anything like that?
2: No, but you and I talked about it, And it's something I'm applying for now <laughs> as i prepare to travel this year uh, that I definitely want to do global entry. And I think it's totally worth it. I appreciate you sharing uh, with me privately about, you know, you getting that. And uh, yeah, I could tell how it saves time because when, when we did get back, I think, it wasn't crazy, but again, everybody was coming back from their Thanksgiving break. And so I think we would have saved, you know, a good amount of time, um, even though it wasn't too bad, we probably could have saved at least half the time if we had global entry.
1: Yeah. And I told you before, and its I mentioned this in several videos with my students too. I am just like, I, when I get back, I just want to get back. I just, <laughs> I, just I need that time to decompress and just chill before mm-hmm. work. And so- part of that process for me is like, just get home as quickly as I can, you know, just get through that process. And customs can be crazy, you know, just going through passport control can be a a nightmare. And you and I are going through like LAX, which is one of the busiest airports in the world. So prior to global entry, it was taking me 45 minutes to an hour to get through this whole process. I mean, just going through the process Getting my bags, getting out of the airport. that was a long time. And so now it's like fifteen minutes for me to, you know from when I get off the plane through getting you know at least at least getting to the bags. and then sometimes I do have to wait for the bags to come down, but it it's very quick to get through passport control, at least at that part. So that's good.
2: yeah, and based off of you like again sharing with me, I've done the research, and it's totally worth it. I think it's a hundred bucks or a little over a hundred bucks. It's good for five years. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a process. You have to fill out a form, and then you have to go through an interview. But in the end, if you are, you know, a regular traveler, a traveler who, like you said, values their time and would like to push through things when you get home. Plus, with the global entry, you also get pre pre check. You get a TSA pre check. So it's a win win. It's not only just when you get back that you you get to avoid some of the lines, but also each time you travel well, on your way out. To your trip, you get to go through, voice some of the lines of security. So it, it, it's definitely worth it.
1: And it's a federal ID as well. So coming up at the end of this year, when they're requiring the real IDs for everybody to be able to use, I mean, again, you can use your passports still to travel. You'll be able to use the global entry uh, in order to be able to travel. But you'll, I mean, you can also apply for the real IDs that are coming out through each of the states in order to be able to get that too. So again, Mm -hmm. helpful travel tip. Now I pulled up a page here uh, for my students. uh, And for those on the podcast who can't see this, we'll describe a couple of pictures that we have here as well. There's three really beautiful pictures that Justin took while he was over in Japan. Uh, Do you want to describe each of these for us? Sure. If
2: you're if you're on the podcast, then this would be one on the bottom right. It says "Welcome to Japan." It's a picture of Mario from Mario's Brothers, Nintendo's Mario Brothers, and uh, that's one of the things. uh, One of the pictures I saw as I was in the Narita uh, NRT airport. Um, when you came in, as you're going down the escalators from kind of going through, uh, exiting your plane and getting ready to go down to baggage claim. You'll see that. There's also a, prince- a picture of Princess and Toad and all the uh, characters from Mario Brothers, which I'm assuming Nintendo, I, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine Nintendo was probably based out of Japan. So uh, think- or the Mario Brothers was based out of there. So that was just a really cool picture. Above that on the right is uh, one of the temples we visited in... Kyoto and this was a this is probably one of the I wish I knew the name but probably one of the more popular ones that was there and it was just really beautiful at night just some of the things to be aware of looking into it again if you're traveling with uh those, either children or people who may have mobile accessibility issues, some of these did not have, like, elevators or escalators to get to. So it was all stairs leading up to them, and I found that to be in a couple different of the temples we went to. So just something to be aware of, you know, that's something, as you talk about pre-planning, to look into um, if you are traveling with somebody who may not have easy access physically to to traveling on stairs, and then the other picture um, on the left hand side is a is a large picture of a temple. But one of the probably the thing that will stand out is you'll see a deer right next to a woman with a uh, a stroller, and that, this is in Nara, as I mentioned, and. Um, To the right of that, or if you're looking at the picture to the right, uh, is where the uh, deer park was at. But the deer is just again throughout the city, are just everywhere, walking around as if they're a human and interacting with us as humans. So uh, that was just um, it was one a beautiful temple, but also I wanted to try to catch one of the deer's in the the picture (laughs) scene to kind of see how they interact with everybody uh, in the city.
1: They seem very docile.
2: Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew the name of it. Um, It's going to come to my head as well. But in in NARA, there's also a really cool bar. Um, I I was told by my my wife's cousin that the bartender who's there uh, was like a top 15 bartender in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, you go there, I think it's called the Lamp Bar, L A M P Lamp Bar. And uh, you go there and you don't, Order, they don't have a cocktail list. You just tell them the base of the cocktail you want and how you like your cocktails, and they will come up with a contraction for you. Really cool, really like um, speakeasy 1920s type vibe. Um, and so we were able to have a drink there too. That's another recommendation. I think it's called the Lamp Bar.
1: Nice. I'll have to remember that. So thank you so much for yeah. your recommendations. I really appreciate that. And then if you can get us any of the other names of the temples or the various different spots. I'll put those on the, um, on the information as I'm posting it. So that way the students will have access to that. So thank you so much for that as well. Great. So just in encapsulating this vacation, uh, what, are some, what are some of the pros of going on a trip to Japan? What, what did you find were the pros of doing something like this?
2: Well, as I, I, I'm from LA. I love, well, I'm not from LA, but I live in LA. And one of the reasons I love LA is just it's so diverse and I feel like there's a little bit of something for everybody. That's how I felt in Japan. Um, every, yeah, if, if you're a tech person, you're going to love it. If you're uh, a designer person or like fashion, you're going to love it. Um, if you're into, uh, yeah, pretty much anything. If you're into uh, sports, they have a lot of, you know, so good good sports. We're going to have the Olympics there soon. And so uh, I just was was very impressed. It's super clean. It's the, the cleanest place I've ever been to. You will not find trash anywhere on the floor. Um, modern. Um, but also like, yeah, if you're in the nature, you're going to get that as well. So it had, I feel like it has a little bit of something for everybody and some of the most, just in terms of it being in the fall we got to catch it. One of the most beautiful blooms of ter- in terms of like the maple trees and just the colors that I've ever seen as well.
1: Very nice. Now, if I am a first time traveler going to Japan, what are going to be some things I should probably be aware of?
2: Uh, one, again, try to get your j pass ahead of time. Don't wait on that. Uh, if you can, brush up a little bit or know at least some of the basics of, 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 of the language, uh, how to, you know, say, excuse me, how to say hello, uh, j- just, just, just out of respect and trying to be immersed in the culture that you're going to. Um, and also, again, there was not a whole bunch of people that we interacted with that actually knew English fluently. So just being prepared for that, um, studying the transfer. If you know where you wanna go, then what's the easiest route? If it's not gonna be a J-Rail, then what other transportation companies take you there so then you're not kind of confused or spending money on a pass. That happened us a couple of times where we spent money on a pass and he's like, oh, buy an all day pass, then we wanna travel somewhere else. And we realize that path isn't good for there. So I think that's one of the things to be aware of. Um, but yeah, I think overall uh, if you're an open-minded uh, person, you're going to, you're going to feel pretty comfortable and
1: while you're there. Perfect. And then any other value adds, cost savings, or best practices that you'd like to offer to my students?
0: Uh, yeah. Again,
2: I was sure. I think, I don't know. I think, Shared this earlier or maybe we shared it offline but uh yeah i think right now that uh if you're coming from the states the dollar is so strong that i didn't feel it was expensive. all i'd heard a lot you know prior to preparing for this is japan's expensive japan's spent mm-hmm. i didn't feel that way i felt japan was actually pretty reasonable and my dollar went a pretty long way so um you know do your own research be prepared for that but um Yeah, I think you just enjoy yourself, make it a trip where you're not coming with a a tight budget, but that you're open to uh, everything it has to offer. Because I think, again, you're going to experience a lot, you're going to see a lot, and I think there's going to be a lot of interest in different things there. So uh,
1: enjoy yourself. Absolutely. That's that's my life for vacation. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to thank you so much, Justin. You, I, I really appreciate you sharing your experience with the students. And, and again, it's it's always a pleasure to talk with you, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I do
2: want to say a plug again. Uh, my best friend, his name is Lasano Sonny Abigas. Uh, Recently passed away, but was a big traveler, a big uh, person who loved Japan and loved to travel. And so just in honor of him and want to plug if you are into diverse music, uh, particularly music from like uh, dance, uh, world, Afro-Latin, or House Music, he has an NTS show. It's a London-based radio station, NTS. You can look him up. He goes by Sonny Abigaz. He has shows streaming all the way from 2016 through 2019. Uh, yeah, go and support. NTS is the name of the radio station based out of London, and then you would just type in Sunny S-O-N-N-Y, last name Abigas A-B-E-G-A-Z-E.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Bless, I appreciate it. Now, for those of you who are watching through YouTube, again, if you want to see more and you like this video, please click the bell icon at the top of the screen in order to be informed when new videos come out. Again, if you like it, please give us a positive like. We really appreciate that. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. For those who are listening on the podcast, however, um, we always appreciate all the feedback that we get. So if you can give us a like. you know, and just give us as many stars as possible. It's always appreciated. Um, But until the next time, again, I want to thank Justin for being part of this. Um, But to you, my students make
0: every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, the ProfessorTravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at the ProfessorTravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel, or Twitter at the Professor TR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.